0: for Lean Blog Audio, I hope that'll give you something else uh, that's food for thought, something else to help you in your lean journey. This podcast episode is brought to you by Creative Safety Supply, leaders in visual safety, floor marking, label printing, and more. Visit their website at www.creativesafetysupply.com slash podcast for a special 10% listener discount. Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to the podcast, episode 145 for <laughs> April 25th, 2012. Today we're having a conversation with Natalie Sayer, the co-author of the recently updated second edition of the book, Lean for Dummies. I was able to meet Natalie at the recent ASQ Lean and Six Sigma conference where she was also a presenter. So I'm very happy to talk to her about the book and her experiences and approaches with Lean. As always, thanks for listening. You can go to leanpodcast.org to get all past episodes. Well, Natalie, it's a pleasure to talk to you again, and thanks for taking time to talk on the podcast today.
1: Oh, Mark! Thanks. I'm uh, very excited to be here. You know, I'm a super fan of your your particular blog, and to be uh, able to contribute in this way is is very exciting.
0: Oh well, thank you. Um, appreciate that. Um, if you can start off, um, you know, introduce yourself for um, the listeners and um, some of your background and and uh, history with Lean.
1: I would be happy to. Uh, My name is Natalie Sayre, and I grew up in the automotive industry, so I pretty much started out uh, with Lean before it was called Lean. Um, I have a small consultancy in Arizona uh, focusing on people, process, and culture, and uh, have had the opportunity to write the book, Lean for Dummies, which we'll get into in a few minutes. Um, I was mentioning to you earlier when we were talking that uh, my first assignment or my first job out of college Actually, while I was still a student co-oping at General Motors, um, was in a department that had statistical methods, synchronous manufacturing, and value uh, value management. And those have all morphed into other names at this stage of the game. But it was I feel very fortunate because I was in a department of innovators and a, ahead of the curve, and really grew up with the mindset that has become known now as as lean or lean thinking.
0: And as you know, part of that time at General Motors, you were able to spend some time. I was only able to go and visit as um, as a tour guide, and I blogged about it. But you did spend some time at the uh, the now closed Numi facility, right?
1: Yes, I had uh, not long stays there, but I had the opportunity to do two uh, tours there, learning about the concepts as they were uh, carried out on the floor uh, for a couple of different reasons. One, I was on General Motors' electric vehicle, uh, the Impact, so in the early 90s, and we were really doing a lot of design for manufacturability and using what we saw at NUMI to try to influence how that vehicle was going to be made. So it was uh, exciting to be uh, looking at the concepts on the floor, but from the perspective of the multidiscipline teams and how will we, essentially what's known as 3P, how will we implement and execute um, our, our product so that it is a productive product from the beginning instead of trying to fix it once the designs were already set. And then the other time um, is I was working in Mexico in the factories there, and we had the opportunity to start from scratch um, some facilities, some manufacturing facilities. So we were really, again, looking at gaining the knowledge from there of what is it we needed to do differently? How did we need to contemplate our environment, our culture of our organization? As we were starting up uh, a product from, from ground zero, we took an abandoned boot factory and transformed it into a state-of-the-art manufacturing facility.
0: And now that you're, you're doing the consulting work, are there, are there certain industries that you specialize in or where are you doing your work recently?
1: Uh, recently, I have been working in still large manufacturing industries, but uh, I'm also working um, a little bit into lean construction. I'm starting to uh, enter into that through, through a long-term uh, a client of mine here in Arizona.
0: Oh, great. So we're... The thing that brings us together to talk today is the new second edition of Lean for Dummies. It's a book that I've uh, recommended to people as a um, you know, many times as a good, um, good, solid introductory book. And in fact, the other day um, somebody uh, sent me a message on Twitter and said, "Could you recommend a good book about Lean that's you know sort of like that for dummies series?" <laughs> and I said, "Well." funny you should ask uh, there is a book lean uh for dummies and um so that uh originally came out or at least the publication date was 2007 i'd be curious to hear a little bit of you know the story of how the book came to be i mean there's certainly a lot of books out there in in the marketplace if you can tell a little bit of the background and and how you how your book fits in or, or how it's unique
1: I'd be happy to. Yeah, I always joke, does it make you the big dummy if you wrote the book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but um, I was actually very excited to take part of this project. Bruce Williams, who is my co-author, um, he can, comes out of the Six Sigma world and the technology world, and he had the relationship with Wiley. I know him here from Arizona, and we were talking one day, and he said, hey, would you like to help out on this? And um, it ended up, Uh, I ended up being the subject matter expert on the book. So it was interesting that it was just one of those right place, right time moments. And yet, what I was excited and passionate about in writing the Dummies book, there were so many books, you're right, there's so many books out there. And there are so many specialized books, generalized books, books written at a very high level. I wanted to be able to write a book that was accessible to anyone to show the importance of two things. One, the uh, implementability, I guess that's a word, the ability to sure. implement um, lean in any industry. It might not look the same, but the concepts and principles and thinking, the mindset is solid. And as we've seen, as you've seen, the emergence in healthcare, um, construction, government. I live near Luke Air Force Base. They're, they're uh, implementing lean in the shops where they fix the jets. Um, So it really, service industries, Starbucks, um, Howard Schultz mentions Lean in his book Onward. So um, for me, it was important to show the applicability of Lean not only on a manufacturing floor, but within the enterprise and within other industries. The second thing and probably the most important thing for me is the respect for people idea of Lean. I've seen so many implementations of of lean and other continuous improvement methodologies just really fall flat on their face because the of the way they were implemented, of the way the culture, the culture wasn't ready to sustain, or just flat out, just focusing on tools, focusing on we do so many projects, we get the you know, we move the MUDA and and, you know, we we look good. But those guys (laughs) over there and so, I really wanted to uh, include a, a portion of people going through change. What does that look like? Um, organizations, teams going through change. What does it mean in a lean context? Strategy. How do we, as leaders, need to change the way we lead? Because uh, it's different. You know, what it doesn't always work the same. We it's just as important to focus on how we get results, um, as to the results themselves. And to focus on building capability and building problem-solving capability in our people. And I think respect for people isn't just top-down. So often, that is the interpretation of it. And for me, respect for people is every interaction that you have. You're either going to add to the effectiveness of what you're doing or not. And so how can we align so that our interactions are healthy interactions, productive interactions – and interactions that are, are moving us towards delivering value to our customers effectively.
0: Right. And we'll, we'll delve more into um, the people and, and culture side of things. But yeah, you talk about um, adding customer value. And at least on the first edition of the book, um, the Lean for Dummies guy is saying, um, eliminate waste, comma. And see, and this is where, you know, a lot of times people say, lean is just about eliminating waste. And, you know, right here on the cover of the book, you know, the comma, add customer value. And improve performance. And you know, I think you know the, the book does a good job of providing you know kind of um, a full view that's not just about waste, that it's about the customer and being able to, to do more of the right things. And and so that was one thing I liked about the book is that it had a good balanced view of everything. And and one other thing I think is a good balanced view, and I think we you know we said we were gonna talk about, maybe hear some more of your thoughts about not just focusing on waste or MUDA but to, to um, also focus on uh, on the other M's. And so I was wondering if you could share some of your thoughts and experiences around that.
1: Yeah, so often people only think of the seven forms of waste, although I know other people have added wastes to that, but the, the seven forms of waste as lean. And in reality, lean is based on reducing those wastes, but also reducing waste due to variation, which uh, statistical methods are actually part of lean. I know some people aren't necessarily clear on that fact, but uh, if you are reducing variation, you need to measure, you need to use met- statistical methods to prove. Um, that you truly have reduced to that variation. And then the other one, which I think is really where the people piece comes into, which is the waste due to overburdening and overstressing the people, the systems and the processes. And, you know, that's where ergonomic analyses comes in. That's where you look at, you know, really workload. It's not lean. Uh, I agree with you on the, just, it's just eliminate waste. But the other thing is, you know, do more with less, do more with less. Well, um, if you can do it effectively, but if you burn out your resources that you're, you have trained, you have invested in who help you do creative problem solving, who really create that value for the customer. If you've burnt them out then, um, and, and overstressed the system, then they're not there. You know, they'll, they'll be on sick leave. They'll call off. They'll, they'll whatever. And that goes back to that culture piece that, that I was talking about earlier. So, you know, and I'm just going to jump ahead real quick. Actually, I'm going to jump backwards. Um, I agree with you. And for me, the this book, where does it go in the market? It's a great first primer. It's written easily accessible. And Dummies books by design are written so you can jump in anywhere. Yes, we had a logical sequence to it. We've changed up that sequence as we get into the second edition. Um, but you can access it anywhere, and it's it's short, brief reading, but chocked full of value, and it's not dry reading. I think we mentioned um, Karate Kid. I think we mentioned MacGyver. I think we talk about our baristas, you know. So we we really try to make the language accessible. I received a, uh, a note from someone the other day saying, "Yeah, I'd bought your book. I finally got it, and I uh, was." Riding my recumbent bike, and an hour passed before I knew it. And so, you know, if we we get uh, feedback, we've gotten over and over, is it's a great first primer, easy to read, and part of the book is where else to go for help, and um, you it's only four hundred pages there are tomes written on, you know, Kaizen that are just that long. So um, is it a, a detailed how to in-depth No, but can you take action based on reading it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And, and that's where I've recommended it to people. Like you said, is that first first primer, uh, a very practical view. Um, you know, there's there's a role and a place for, um, you know, more academic treatments of lean, but um, yeah, I think there's a, a good practicality. And, and like you were saying, you can make, Lean fun. I mean, it's all kind of in the attitude and how you approach things. Um, but well, so what, one other thing I wanted to ask about, and I, and I can't resist, and we talk about not overburdening people. And I think a lot of that comes back to uh, having respect for people, um, uh-huh. of, uh, including you know, our employees and respect for not giving people more than they can do or than that they can physically or mentally handle. Um, I, I do have to ask if anyone has given you a grief or I think I when I first blogged about the book you know I wrote you know I didn't want to like, I didn't want to like the book because <laughs> <of> the whole <laughs> dummies thing in the context of lean you know the, there's the famous Toyota story about changing what we would now maybe call pokeyoke or mistake proofing error proofing originally was originally called you know kind of more like you know fool proofing dummy proofing and you know
1: i you know i I, I hear you. I hear you. And, you know, there's people um, – I'm trying to get the book translated into other languages. And so dummies as a brand means for the uninitiated. uninitiated. It's for people who are curious about a topic who don't know anything about a topic or know a little bit but want to know more. It's not for somebody that's stupid.
0: <laughs> right and
1: i think that and i think that's in a, number one it's in a, a subtle message particularly when there's other books out there that um uh, i think there's an idiots guide right. series mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. and i on on principle i wouldn't write a book even if they invited to me in that series because i think it is not respectful.
0: Well, it almost sounds like the way you asked the chief dummy, if you say an idiot's guide, it makes you wonder if an idiot wrote it (laughs) or back to that again. But yeah, I mean, Lean lean for Dummies has has a pizzazz that uh, Lean for the as of yet uninitiated doesn't have quite the same...
1: Exactly, (laughs) right? The funny thing is they, except for French, they don't translate the word dummies. So in Spanish, it's Lean para Dummies. Um, In in Dutch, because our our First and second editions both are going to be in Dutch. Um, it's Lean voor dummies," so it's it's one of those kind of I, I say it's, it's kind of like radar or scuba. It means something, yeah, but yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, like, you know, we use the word kaizen even though it's a Japanese word, and yeah, so maybe you know, uh, other languages pick up uh, an English idiom. Uh, here and there, but you know, I, I did give the the, the book a, a fair shot, and uh, you know, I was, like I said, I was, I was pleased with. Um, what i read once i got past my my cringing my my <laughs> you know having a drummed into my head that we don't call people dummies or fools or well
1: that's actually <laughs> one of the notes that i have in here mark it's one of the tips and one of the warnings in several different places yeah about the whole airproofing and our the importance of the language and, and things like that and the respect for people so that's very much a mantra i I'm tempted to ask, did you have to like read it with a brown paper cover
0: over nah. it so that you, you know,
1: <laughs> to get beyond the dummies thing?
0: <laughs> I think I read it at home, so I wasn't too concerned about. <laughs> people know. People here know I'm a. i am I can be a dummy at times. But, no. <laughs> um, oh. but it, um, I, I, let's delve a little bit more. you know, We, we talked for um, a couple of minutes before wrapping up. You know, back to respect for people and. You know, uh, we're, we're in agreement that, um, you know, the, the, the culture piece of this is, is so critical. It's hard to overstate how important that is. So if you have um, some thoughts on maybe, you know, some, some ways that, that the, the culture piece from your experiences and what you've seen, you know, some things that are maybe um, less well appreciated um, with people that are, especially maybe those that are really, um, really new to lean, like what are the the couple of key kind of culture elements that are things that people must understand even from the get go?
1: I think um, one of the the most important things is that ultimately you need to engage the people. And so everybody talks about that. How do you engage people? Well, one of the, one of the ways uh, for me is using questions. And the powerful use of open-ended questions. Uh, what questions? Why? Uh, why questions? Not so much. I know we do use the five whys, but you know, when you go up to somebody and said to say, "Why did you do that?" That um, is not necessarily the most engaging way. People tend to get defensive on those types of things. So, um, it's understanding where. Where your culture, what is really happening? Um, The other thing is, it's important uh, to go to Gemba. So um, that would be to go actually to the place where things happen. You, particularly as a leader, I'm going to speak uh, from a leadership standpoint, um, but go to where the action's happening observe really what's going on it's not stand there and just do FaceTime. it's ask questions it's doing deep observation it's not just to stand around and say hey i checked the box i was there Um, but it's really you being engaged as a leader in what's going on in the organization is another another aspect of it you know a leader's job in in and we lead at all levels right it's not just necessarily the top guys at the org on the org chart but it's we lead in every interaction that we have with a person. So we can either um, build them up or we can cut them down. We can engage them. We can guide them. We can guide their problem solving. We can build capability. Um, It's important for us as leaders to recognize it's, we are responsible for how results gets done in addition to just the results themselves. And so um, those are, I think are some of the things that when you, the other thing that, I think it's an error that people make when they just start out and it's very Western. We want to start out with this huge fanfare. Here we are. We're going to do lean. Yay. 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 And then when the energy starts to wane or it's not so special, um, then people wonder why it didn't take off. And so, you know, I think it's important to do, um, to do pilot studies, to learn, to, um, really gradually make it become the way you operate and not something that's separate. Um, I think I've seen a lot of companies, particularly when they come from a lean six Sigma perspective, rather than uh, a lean, lean first itself. They, they tend to look at everything as a project and always a project. And, um, you know, even the words lean initiative, well, initiatives mean, you know, it's a journey. You, you, you don't just start and end, right?
0: I, I, I had a client once who said we can't use the word implementation, and and I've kind of come to dislike that word for similar similar reasons.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's um, I just think if we as leaders are mindful of the way we are talking about it, we're mindful of our understanding, and we're also mindful of how we're showing up as leaders you know a company that's very traditional and and i saw this a lot in the automotive industry you know guys that were the really traditional kick rear ends and take names and were used to i tell you what to do and don't question me and then then watching them try to make a transition to coaching and mentoring and and questioning to make sure that we were solving the right problems. I think that's another mistake that I think we tend to make is we'll say, okay, we've gone and observed and now here are the 750 things that we can improve. Well, if you need to scope it down and scope it down and scope it down so that it's manageable, you know, um, plan do check out. It's, uh, best when it can be short cycle implementation, um, and you, people can see the forward momentum. So standardize, and improve it. Standardize and improve it.
0: So, maybe as a, a final question, um, talk about the second edition. And, and I, I have a second edition of um, Lean for Hosp or Lean Hospitals. Uh-huh. Uh, my book. Um, we, I think we both know. Uh, p- book traditional book publishing doesn't lend itself to rapid cycle improvement because it's printed. <laughs> it is. I mean, you know, it's not like a blog or even uh, an ebook. So we get this shot after uh, three or four years. Um, how do you take advantage of that? What, what's the um, uh, improvement? Uh, what, what's different in the second edition?
1: No, it's kind of funny. So um, recognizing voice of the customer, I went out and researched all of the errata and reviews and everything I could find from the first book and tried to incorporate those changes. So while we, we didn't call it 3P in the first edition, we had some of the like design um, for manufacturability, et cetera. We've actually added 3P into uh, brief. But we've added 3P into Lean for Dummies. Um, we took advantage of actually ripping up the entire book based on um, user feedback and starting uh, starting anew. Um, it still has um, similar structure. We have a couple of chapters of intro. One of the feedback uh, pieces of feedback that we got from uh, a power company client of mine was, the people and culture stuff is so important, it really needs to be earlier in the book. So... That became part two. Um, we still have the value stream mapping. We've added a, a chapter on some very brief case studies. We have five different little examples or vignettes um, from various industries, uh, from Mental Health Center of Denver, um, from a hospital in Georgia, from a lab in Ohio, and, um, I'm blanking on the others at this moment, but, um, so we have a couple from healthcare and, and a couple non-healthcare, uh, non-manufacturing stories. And actually one of them is a manufacturing story, which was, uh, a, a merger as a result of a merger acquisition, trying to, you know, that's actually a whole different podcast is lean after merger acquisitions, um, so we've added some of that in, but the reality is, Mark, there isn't a word in this book that didn't get touched. We tightened down language. The book is longer. Um it was theoretically just supposed to be twenty percent new content. Easy, easy right. done. Right? How, I don't know how you
0: determine that. I had trouble with that. <laughs> well too. we
1: actually went through and and um we had a, we actually had a tracking and measurement system to make sure that we were doing that. But we we updated things, uh, some tools. We've added a couple of tools in, but not a lot. So the biggest, you know, there's a, you'll see a lot of structure change. You'll see example changes. We added um, a small uh, sidebar on uh, the Toyota crisis and you know some of their performance challenges that they've they've had. Um, because you know, when all that was going down, there was questioning, did you know, does the stuff even work?" which of course, we know it does. And ironically, what Toyota did was go back to their roots, um, and one of the things that they realized is they hadn't been integrating the people, the new people they' expanded and grown so fast that they didn't really take time to inculcate people in the the Toyota way, their culture, and what um, what makes them great so. But I'm excited about it. Uh, we actually, and Dummies Man is not on the cover. We have, we have a compass pointing to north with, uh, uh, with success over it. So um, I think offline I'll tell you the story about that. <laughs> <Yeah. Good. laughs> because, because you're right, the publishing industry is, they, it'll be interesting to see um, where that goes in the next several years because they, they have the opportunity to use Lean
0: that's a whole different podcast or like you said maybe we'll just talk <laughs> offline and we'll just tease the <laughs> listeners here um you're not going to hear what we may talk about uh, <laughs> privately but um Natalie congratulations uh, to you and, and Bruce Williams your your co-author on um, the second edition of Lean for Dummies um available now and um I hope people will uh, will go and check that out so uh, it was Thanks. great talking to you and uh, again congratulations on completing the PDSA cycle <laughs>
1: And Mark, I would like to thank you just for for all that you do. We actually have recognized you in the book from our own volition because what you do to promote lean uh, is fantastic.
0: Well, thank you. I'm glad you you, – I was afraid you were going to say there's a new chapter on look out for these dummies. So (laughs) I appreciate that. And um, again, thanks for uh, taking time to talk today. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.